Hi, I'm Caden Schulte, here with my brother, Cal, and you're listening to Eating W's. Eat the W. That's a W. That's E1. That's E1. That's a W. So today on Eating W's, I gotta be honest, it was kind of a boring week in the NFL, true football story-wise. <laughs> well, a couple of things happened off the field. Off-field <laughs> stories? It was a crazy week. We'll get into that later in the show. But to start, we got a little bit of news just a tad bit coming out of the Rodgers front. So, Callan, talk about that a little bit. It's not actually so much directly regarding Rodgers. It's more um, regarding the team. So, one of the reporters asked Devontae Adams if the Rodgers situation was, you know, splitting the locker room. If it was talked about, uh, you know, among the players. If it's, you know, affecting the team at all, you know, being a distraction. And uh, this is Devontae Adams' exact quote. He said, honestly, it's not even something that we all talk about. Uh, it's just everybody's been dialed into what they've got to do. There's enough to worry about with themselves than to be going and worrying about what other guys are doing and what their situation is, especially when we can't control any of that. I think everybody's mindset, everybody is going to love Aaron the same way when he returns. I like how he says, when he returns. Yeah. When he returns. And obviously, it's been a little bit of a confusing situation. But there hasn't been any negative talk or any splitting of the ro- or any splitting of the locker room. Everybody's been behind him and focused on the team as well. So I think that's really good to hear coming out of just team-wise that they're not letting it become an Eagles situation where, you know, half the guys wanted to go with Foles, some liked Wentz. Where they're basically like, look, we support Jordan Love, and we're going to have a team for him if, if, if Rodgers isn't. But when Rodgers comes back, I'd like that Devontae yeah, said that's that still crazy. not if. They're just, we're basically like, all right, Aaron's up. And I don't know if that means that even Jordan Love is like accepting to it or not, but yeah. maybe he is. It, I think they all, the, the players all seem to really like Rodgers. So I think it'd be best for Jordan to probably not try to. Not to, you know, like... just go with it. Just go, you know, yeah. like they all say, you're one play away. Even if Rogers comes back and three weeks in, you know, he breaks a hand, you know, collarbone. Collarbone. I don't know why you gotta say collarbone. Because he has the weakest collarbone. He broke NFL. both of them. They're both steel plated now. Okay, <laughs> I don't. It can't happen again, right? So next is what his lungs. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like I don't. As long as the Chargers team doctors. Yeah, we got a different. We we don't. We did not sign any new training staff. It's still the same (laughs) staff from the year before. So I like our staff, our training staff, doctors. Um, But yeah, so that's that's kind of the only thing with that. And I I like to hear that that the team is you know focused on the team and not not letting it distract them. I mean, if that's completely true and he's not throwing up a smoke screen or anything, because of course he couldn't have went on and been like, oh, we all hate each other. Like, oh, right. I know. I was talking to Aaron Jones the other day. I never want to see him again. Yeah. He said he doesn't care. If, but if that's really all true, then yeah, that's the best case scenario. Right. You can see and that's what you got to do. So it's good that that, I mean, if they are able to put up the smoke screen and there is a little bit of, you know, which I'm sure there's a and, little, but I mean, you know, how can there not, not be, enough to, affect, but not enough yeah. to where it's obviously i think really affecting the team from whatever you know the talk not talking to other players but hearing what the other players have said they all seem really excited and happy you know excited for the year building off of the nfc back-to-back nfc championships they're pretty sure that the talent team is still talented enough with or without rogers to compete and i 
I think so. That's good for them, but well, that's a bold and, and the statement. reason the reason I think so, I, I actually coincidentally, is because of what we'll talk about later in our uh, main event segment here of the top running back duos. Yep. So just as we have the past month, month and a half, however long it's been, we'll keep an eye on the Rogers situation and we'll keep you updated. If it's been once sixty-two it out. days since sixty-two since, since, since the, the draft, broke, yeah. since draft day. I can't believe it's been sixty-two days. It's felt like three years i bet it has it has see and, i don't i don't really care either way because you know, <laughs> I know i mean right? rogers is of course super good so i wouldn't mind if we didn't have to face him twice a year but but i'm also afraid jordan love's gonna come out and it's just gonna be the packers <laughs> dumb luck to find another draft gym quarterback and have another elite quarterback for the next 15 years so at this point as a vikings fan i've seen what we do right, maybe jordan loves the most talented of all two of of spart star of yeah Barb, of rogers oh maybe God, maybe he's he more is. talented than i wouldn't even be surprised man it would just be it would be as a Vikings fan and watching us and the Packers, it would just be our luck to have you. <laughs> well, guys the way you guys are able to find running backs, it's only fair. So. That's true. We are we do get some pretty good running backs. Okay, moving on from the Packers situation. Last week we did our predictions for the top ten wide receiver duos in the NFL. So we wanted to have a little bit of fun with it, and we wanted to do not our top ten running back singles, but our top ten running back duos. I really wanted to do this because, you know, the top 10 running backs are so easy to name. You got your Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, all Dalvin those guys Cook, up there. Aaron Jones, and uh, then, yeah. so if you go and look at duos instead of just single running back, it makes it a little more fun, switches up a, a little, little bit. bit. changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. So just like last week, we're going to do our top 10 along as one honorable mention. And then I think Callan has a few others that he'd like to mention. So I will let you take it first. All right. So, I mean, just like I, we were talking about last week, how, you know, what factored into making this list? Um, again, I, I will like to, I'll explain kind of what my factors were making this list because it is, again, different than, than Bubba's just based off of how he um, comprised the list compared to what I did. So my factors were uh, just like the wide receiver duos, the talent of number one and number two individually then combined. Uh, you know, 40-40. And then I did about 10% coaching staff, coaching style, and then 10% quarterback O-line. Because that really, especially, quarterback and O-line really make a difference. O-line yeah. even more. I would say the O-line, you know, probably more important for running backs than even the quarterback. But the quarterback does help out the running back as well and vice versa. Um, so starting at number 10, I actually have uh, the Panthers at 10 with Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you all know, is coming off an injury-plagued season, but the year before, he was an absolute breakout superstar. He's a thousand-thousand guy. He's a thousand-thousand guy, which is a fantasy Super player's rare. dream. I'm pretty sure he was fourth to ever do that, maybe even third. I can't I remember. It's something like that. There's yeah. only a few guys that... I think Marshall Falk's done it. And it's guys that are like Hall of Fame legends. It was like Did Marshall Falk and... Was uh, Dorsett the first to do it? Tony Dorsett? Maybe? I, I can't think remember. So, but, That's I mean, a little yeah. too so old for me. To be able to do that, I mean, you're you're good. And that, that has a heavy factor. The other factor is that I am really excited about Chuba Hubbard. I think he may end up being one of the best running backs that come out of this draft. I watched him two years ago at Oklahoma State, and he was 
thought of as the top running back in the draft. And he had a bit of a fallout with his head coach, Mike Gundy. He stayed at Oklahoma State, but production fell, you know, COVID. So he his draft stock kind of fell, and I think he just kind of focused more on school. He, you know, kind of thing. He didn't put so much focus on football because look at these. A lot of these guys are figuring out they're talented and they're going to make money in the league. You know, it doesn't really matter all that much in school. Who cares but, if I have a degree? But I still yeah. think that he didn't want to transfer, didn't want to start all that. So he just stayed at Oklahoma State, kind of underperformed and fell in the draft. And he's going to be a steal for the Panthers. And I think he's going to be a breakout superstar for them. And especially when you have a guy in front of you like Christian McCaffrey, who's a total elite running back safety blanket, it's nice because then when you get your chance to come in, a lot of teams are like, oh, McCaffrey's out. They're not going to run. So then you get a hard-hitting guy like him because he's more of a rumble, tumble, power back guy, right? I thought so. So then he's going to come in and punch him in the mouth on an inside zone. It'll be fun to see. I was watching one of those 30 for 30s. I think, I can't remember which one. But they were talking to the Oklahoma coach at the time. This was the late 90s when they had uh, Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders were both at Oklahoma State in the late 80s, early 90s. I might be a little little off on the time period. Talk about running back duos. <laughs> right? Uh, but the Oklahoma coach, so the starter was, the starting running back for Oklahoma State was Thurman Thomas. Superstar, you know. Heisman candidate, going to be a first-round pick. His backup at the time was Barry Sanders, an unknown. And the Oklahoma coach at the time was, uh, oh, my God, Barry Switzer, I believe. As I say, you're, I know, you're, you're getting way I know, too I can far tell back your to face, me. I you're have like, no idea. I'm throwing these names out, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> but <laughs> So Barry Switzer is the coach of Oklahoma, and he tells his guys, whatever you do, do not hurt Thurman Thomas. We do not want to see their backup running back in this game. Their backup running back was Barry Sanders, and he was right. He Thurman Thomas, I think, got hurt, and Barry Sanders ran for 200 yards and beat Oklahoma. I, it's something like that. It might not. That might not be exactly yeah, right. But, but still, just but I know that it, lore yeah. of they. I remember him saying in that because I remember just thinking like, wow, you know, because I'm knowing who Barry Sanders is, and it's like. That's crazy, because I'm sure at that time, you know, no one knows. Especially no. late 80s, early 90s, there's not any of the video and productions, you know, social media that's out there now where you're knowing about every high school recruit that comes out that's a four-star that you get excited about. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's so that's what I mean, is don't let CMC get hurt, because now Chuba Hubbard's <laughs> going to come in. And I think he could end up being, you know, a real change of pace back, because, yeah, he's that ground and pound run it down your throat kind Which of guy. Like the opposite of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He's that shifty, run around the tackles and then get out in the open field and catch it kind of running back. Yeah. Which they still try to run it up the middle with him. Every time they do it, I'm like, what? It's like when the Packers... But he's so good that with he can Jones. usually find a way to still do <laughs> right? it. Right? It's like, well, the good ones can do it on either sides. And then, so after the Panthers, I have the Chargers at nine uh, with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. I have them at nine because they're both really good at what they do, but they're kind of the same running back. They're both those receiving backs, you know. Not they don't really have a power runner. Uh, 
I feel like they're... I don't know. Austin Eckler's a little muscle hamster. Is he? I guess I've always thought him as... I'm, I remember seeing... Kind of that Christian McCaffrey kind of build. He, he's definitely a good receiving back, but I remember seeing a video of Austin Eckler. He's only... I can't remember what weight, but he's under six foot, and he was yeah, back he was undrafted. I think he both was back of these guys like were undrafted. Six or seven hundred pounds uh-huh. plus, something like that, and I was just like, I never even knew. Well, Ever knew since that, that video, I've really liked Austin Eckler. I mean, for them, they, they got they drafted Melvin Gordon and got rid of him. Yeah. So they like Eckler and Justin Jackson. I think is a Northwestern kid. Pretty sure that's the kid I we saw. So, we yes. saw play in Iowa City. And same with him. I saw him play a few games last year, and I was like, holy crap, who is this? And mm-hmm. ever since then, I've been keeping my and eye And especially on him. with that team, young quarterback around him. Kind of, and that also, I forgot to mention that with the Panthers. Young quarterback. Uh, offensive line, I think, is better than the Panthers. Still not great, or maybe not. Probably good. Not great. Don't know a whole lot yeah. about him. I know they have a couple of former Packers, and Brian Balaga and Corey Lindsley. I think, do they still have Tyree Turner? Trey Turner? Trey Turner, whatever his name is. They might. I know he was in free agency, but I don't know whatever happened. I'm not sure, but I know they got the two former Packers, so that's why I have them above the Panthers also. I I just think that they're like the same two running backs, that receiving, they're both receiving running backs, but, you know, it helps to build a spread offense. At number eight, I have the uh, Washington Sentinels. with Shane Falco at quarterback, <laughs> no, but I do have Washington at eight. Uh, I, I Antonio Gibson was turned out to be, I think, the star of the draft class. Oh, for running backs, I, running I mean, back wise, definitely. Yeah, uh, what a steal by them! Hell of a pickup for them. He he single handedly about beat Pittsburgh when they were undefeated. Oh yeah, I definitely. remember watching that game because that was that old Wednesday game. So that was fun. Or was that, that was, a, was that the Wednesday? I oh, think it was. It was either the Wednesday or the Tuesday game. It was one it of was those. It was a weird game. But I, I remember sitting at home watching it. And I was like, this is nice. Yeah. This is a little afternoon football. Like, <laughs> I liked those. I did. And then they got J.D. McKissick. Solid, solid complimentary piece, I think, to oh, Antonio Gibson. The Very well. literal definition of a third down back. Mm-hmm. I third really down, like him. You know, change of pace, uh, receiving back. Perfect comp- compliment to Antonio Gibson, who is going to be their their main star, and they have a very good offensive line. Uh, Iowa boy Brandon, Brandon Sheriff. Sheriff is one of the best in the business. So and and their quarterback is Fitz Magic. So well, who just elevates the team around? Right, him, of course. Right. I mean, he's just this guy. He just he just has this fun aroma about him. I mean, how how you not the Harvard grad who did, looks like? Did you see the video of him with the freaking cicada in his beard? No. Yeah. He, just, he walks up to the me. camera and like waves to it, and there's just a bug poking out of oh his beard. Oh God! I gotta check that out. I had it's no so idea. Random. That, that sounds during, so like, their gross. OTAs, I think. Oh, can you imagine getting one of those stuck in your chin strap? You put it on, and it's just oh. going off in there. You know, I don't know how he did it. Oh. Yeah, but it was awful. Uh, he probably put it in there, knowing that crazy as it will be. <laughs> so with yeah with Fitzmagic in Washington I think I think they're the the class the NFC East however at seven though I do have the New York football Giants and I only have them rated slightly above because Saquon Barkley is the man so as good, good as Antonio Gibson is I was just saying Saquon Barkley is even better and his talent I kept going back and forth on who to put at seven and eight here 
his talent is what put the Giants at seven for me. Yeah. And they have, uh, they now have Devontae Booker as their backup running back, who was a starter in Denver. Yes. So I think that is a very good uh, second piece for them, a change of pace, get Saquon some some more breathers, and it's, you know, Devontae's kind of booked, or kind of built, Devontae's kind of booked, like, <laughs> he's getting too many B words there. <laughs> Devontae Booker is kind of built a little bit, not like Saquon, but he's that more ground and pound yeah, guy, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so uh, their their offensive line is a little bit more shakier. I'd put the, the I almost said the skins, the Washington's offensive line above the Giants. Especially after they lose Zeitler. Yeah, so it's, oh, I just went back and forth on that. Yeah. But just the talent of Saquon Barkley is what made me put the Giants at seven. He has truly proven for a couple years now, not only in college, but NFL, that he's one of the top That's what I was just going to say. Cal and I are both big Hawkeyes fans, and I remember watching a game against Penn State his senior year when we were going to get this awesome upset, the Hawkeyes, where it was going to be so cool. And we just Stupid. could not stop the Saquon it Barkley. Was, it was Saquon Barkley and Trace versus, McSorley. And Trace McSorley. And then on the defense versus Josie Jewell. Yeah. The sheriff. They call or the outlaw. They call him the outlaw. And man, as good as Josie Jewell was, he just You just could not he stop just lost. Saquon Barkley. He just he had a, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He just lost the battle. A and, lot of, I love the saying, his calves are the size of my head, because usually it's like a funny exaggeration. Right. With Saquon Barkley, it's not. It's insane, dude. I, I, You know, we'll or, talk about this in a minute here, but I think he has the second biggest size in the I NFL I don't think now. AJ Dillon. I don't know. We'll talk about that here in a little bit here. We'll talk about the... <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> they, what do you... I can't remember the, the, the quad father the and quad the, father and the quad. Oh yeah, I said his calves. I meant yeah, quad. Yeah, and the quadinator. <laughs> the quad father. I love that one. That one's by far the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then at six, I have the Las Vegas Raiders, and I have them at six because, boy, you got two all-star starting running backs here, and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake was thought to be possibly one of the best running backs in NFL last year. Very much thought by me. Yeah, all in yeah, he Kenyon sold Drake. me. He he sold me on it, and I had to. I went and got him in our fantasy draft in the second, or third round, because uh, he talked me into him, and he kind of had a bit of a down season. Not terrible. Yeah, but they definitely thought that he was going to take the next step, and he didn't. And they moved on from him in Arizona. Yeah, they gave him a year. Yeah, and I think they should have given him more. I think so too. I'm really surprised because now he's in. He's he's in. Uh, God, Vegas. Yeah. Let's <laughs> try to figure out where the hell all these teams are still. My favorite thing about a running back duo is two guys who are different and can complement each other perfectly. Mm-hmm. You'll see that when we get to my list, and we have seen it in Callens. But the Josh Jacob to Kenyon Drake comparison is so perfect for a duo. Very good. And I think Gruden's a very good coach, which is why I have them at six. I think that, you know, the Raiders have, they seem inconsistent. At times, they seem like they can be one of the best teams in the NFL. They were and one then of the only teams to beat the Chiefs. And then sometimes it seems like they're one of the most incompetent teams in the NFL. So it's hard to put them too high, but based off of our fact, my factors, I got them at six. Their O-line is Kind of shaky. They traded off a lot of pieces. Traded off Gabe Jackson. Uh, uh, their center, their Rodney, center Rodney Hudson. Hudson. 
Um, their tackle they sent back to New England, Trent Brown. They dra- they reached in the draft on Leatherwood. Oh, which, I forgot about which is, that. I think a good pick. I, just, I think the 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 placement is. I think bad. he would have been there in their second. And pick. I think he probably would have been. I don't know. You know, you got that. Maybe he wouldn't have been. Maybe by the time it came around the second, I saw him as a. He was great as a second to third round pick. So he might not have lasted to where Oakland was, or gosh, where the Raiders were. I just called him Oakland <laughs> the other day. So he might not have lasted to where the Raiders were in the second round. And if if you like a guy and you really want him, don't risk it. Go get him. I, I do a, I I do give them accolades for that. They they liked that guy. They you know they knew all about him. Followed him all through the offseason. You go get your guy. It might have been a reach, but if you put all that work and focus into, you know, scouting this guy and learning about him, and then you don't get him, I feel like that's it would very demoralizing. So Definitely. They're trying. They're trying to rebuild it. They knew they had to get offensive linemen after kind of a fire sale there. On Big the time, yeah. yeah. So that's my bottom five of the top ten. So, moving on to me, at number 10, I actually also have a rookie, along with Callan at number 10, it's just a different one. My number 10 running back duo is the Jacksonville Jaguars with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I know that's kind of a reach, that's my reach for the thing, the ranking, whatever you want to call it. But man, James Robinson came in as an undrafted rookie, had a chip on his shoulder, and he proved himself. He came in and just destroyed defenses. And like I said just a second ago, my favorite pairing is two r- running backs that complement each other really well and are different from each other. And you definitely have that because James Robinson is a total lower his head, run you over. And then Travis Etienne, who is coming into the league this year as a rookie, is a complete receiving back. In fact, I think they even uh, put him at receiver during OTA's training camps, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll have to see if he even actually is a running back by the time the season comes around. But just having that difference, a total guy who will run you over, hard-nosed football, and then you have Travis Etienne who's going to come out of the backfield and catch routes. Did Etienne get drafted by the Jets? Do I have the wrong guy? Did you look these up? No, no, I don't have. Because Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne got drafted together. They took Lawrence and then Etienne. Did they? Yeah, I think so. Because that's the next point I was going to make is... Another thing I really like about Etienne is Jacksonville is he's going to be there with Trevor Lawrence. So he's going to be able to kind of have that connection with Lawrence. And Lawrence might want to give him touches or kind of like go to him as a familiarity option over a different option for a different reason. So that's why they're my number 10 pairing. Callan's looking it up, but I'm like 99% I know. sure. I just occurred to me, I was like, did, did ETN and because I feel like that would have been a big deal. When I filled out these lists, I didn't check the draft or the depth chart every time. If I thought I knew it, I just put it. So I could be wrong, but I really don't think I am. So I'll move on to my number nine while he's looking that up. At my number nine, you know I had to put him on here. I have the Minnesota Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I don't even need to talk about Dalvin Cook because anybody listening knows why Dalvin Cook is on there. Probably the very arguably the best running back in the league. Him and Derrick Henry were right up there, there together. Talent wise is and then reminds me of AP. So the reason day. I have him so low, even with the bias to them, is Alexander Madison is still a huge question. 
because he kind of got his chance last year. Cal and I were just talking about this, and he didn't really prove himself, but he got thrown into a bad situation when he got his chance. Cook was ruled out early, or sorry, not early. Cook was ruled out late in the week, so he didn't have a ton of time to prepare to be the number one guy. We had a few offensive line guys hurt. We really leaned on the passing game because Cook was out. So though Madison did get his chance and didn't really show up, I think if he got a more like real chance with a true first O and a true preparation week, I think he'd do a lot better. So that's why I have them up at nine. You guys' O line is a little shaky. It's was a little shaky. Right. I really like I, our two I, draft picks. Yeah. We took, I think, just the two O-line draft picks this year mm-hmm. with Christian Derrissaw in the first and Wyatt Davis in the third, and man, no, I don't I don't think we could have gotten two better guys. Those are two first-round talent guys, I'd say. I cannot wait to see them get in and show what they can do. I did check. ETN is on the Jags. I don't know okay. why I, I thought. I, I don't know why. Because when, when you said that, I remember in my mock draft, I had him going to the Jets, so I was yeah. like, oh, did I get him, like, switched? Yeah, did I... and I did, too, and I, I don't know why I thought the Jets took him. The Jets took the uh, the kid from UNC, Michael Carter. Michael Carter, that's And then took, took the yeah. safety Michael from Carter. Duke, Michael Carter. Yeah, we talked so about that's that. Right. That's right. Yeah, that. that's how I remember that. The, dra- the Jets drafted Michael Carter, not Travis. ETN is with Lawrence in Jacksonville. So, but yeah, that is, that chemistry there, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. That's a They've huge been deal for them. probably borderline roommates for four years. Oh, they I'm know sure. each other well. Yeah, I think I just, they came in the same recruiting class, so. I like it. I think it's going to work out well. I only didn't have them just because it's such a young team. I understand where. I see why, too, but I, I couldn't put them up there just with the unknowns of yeah. It's risky. Lawrence it's risky to Urban put him... Meyer. I don't know what Urban Meyer's coaching style is. I don't really know what he runs. It's risky to put him, you know, because Tim Tebow's just gonna eat up. Recessions. I mean, yeah, Tebow's <laughs> gonna end up just being the star of that team. But <laughs> okay, so both my nine and ten are both kind of reaches. But is there a Tebow cam? Can we get a Tebow cam where it's just where it's just him the just whole time? The whole time. Follow him on the sidelines. You know, I'm surprised he like, he like barely plays. But barely he, plays. It's well, just a camera. I bet, on I bet him. it's one of the highest game rated games of of the week just because people want it. Oh yeah, 100%. And can you imagine what a sideline warrior he is? That guy's got to be so hype. The only one who might be more a better hype man is Muscle Milk. Muscle Milk, of course. The Northwestern Strength and Conditioning Coach. Look up a picture of him. I don't even know his name, but he... I can't remember his name either, is, but... He is the... He's a specimen, man. He looks like <laughs> Saquon Barkley. <laughs> right, you think. The muscle-wise. I've never yeah. hated someone and envied them so much <laughs> at the same time. It's like, but I would be that. If I was that jacked and on the sidelines like that, I'd be bouncing around like that. I'd be running so, around slapping exactly. players. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, I guess I'd be yeah. doing that too. Just just but look like, up the Northwestern Strength North, and Conditioning That's all you got to put. Northwestern Strength and Conditioning It's coach, amazing. Hype man, Northwestern muscle milk. Anything <laughs> in that Google search criteria should bring him up. And oh, he is... He's one of my favorite people to ever come out in Northwest. He's a legend. Okay, moving on <laughs> from my 9 and 10, on to 8, I have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake out of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. We already talked about them, so I'm not going to talk about them much, but like we said, perfect matching. Jacobs will run you over. Drake will dust you on a Texas route, on a fly route, whatever. It's just such a good matching. Why I, do you have them lower? Uh, you know... Because just inconsistency. The inconsistency. With Vegas, you never know. I also, it's not really O-line or quarterback either. 
I forgot to mention, but when I did my ranking... Oh, yeah. How did you factor yours? So, when I factored mine, if they had, like, a truly elite number one, but not much for number two, I did not even think about them. Like I said, with the Vikings, that's a little bit say, reach, How come but, you had the Vikings on there, then? But that's, that, that's just a bias thing more than anything. We all but, have a little bias. So, sometimes. I factored the duo over everything. I did not factor them individually, really, at all. And also, I just through lack of thought and lack of like bias or not bias lack of base i didn't really factor in the team around him either but it's kind of ironic because i didn't factor in the o-line at all but it just goes to show because the 11 teams i picked all have a pretty good o-line even though i didn't factor in the o-line so mine was mostly rating them as a duo and then looking at the coaching staff and coaching style around them so the reason they got dropped down so much is I just, I don't love that coaching staff. They're really inconsistent. You don't think Gruden himself? Or I, just... I love Gruden as a person, as a coach. I just... I think it's just what... Like, he's almost like... Like the game's passed him by kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Which is the same reason I'm kind of borderline with Zimmer and some of those other older coaches. I had coaches, thought about but... that when he came back. The only thing that made me think that he could still do it is that he did Monday Night Football for so long. That's true. So, so we like never he really coached. Left the it was game. like out of the game. He was yeah. still very much involved in it, just from a different standpoint. But he was able to grow with the game. I think at least learn with it. Yeah. And he did those camps and stuff in the off season. So if the Raiders can come out and have a truly good season, even decent season, but like consistently decent mm-hmm. season, then they jump way up on my rankings. But for now, with how inconsistent they are, they stay at eight. Number it's... seven. Cap- <laughs> oh. Oh, what? I'll say the Raiders, they are consistent because literally last year they beat the Chiefs and then needed a miracle Hail Mary to beat the Jets the following Exactly. Week. So, yeah. I mean, they should have lost that game to the Jets. They 100% should have lost that game to the Jets. But, yeah, so that's the literally... Jets are, the Jets are a whole other story. De- yeah, that's literally... We're not talking about the Jets here. The definition of just inconsistency of how you can go from beating... Soundly, actually, beating one of the top teams in the league to then struggling with, at the time, one of the worst teams in the league and really should have lost. It's and insane, needed a, What was it, like a 55-yard just Hail Mary? I, I apologize if you're a Raiders fan because I bet I think it's bad as a Vikings fan. I bet that's a freaking roller coaster, <laughs> man. So number seven, Callum's going to like this one. I have the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I know Callan has them on their list, so I'm not going to talk much about that. I'll let the expert talk a little (laughs) bit more about them. But they're just both good running backs. I hate to admit it. Aaron Jones is pretty good. I don't think... I think A.J. Dillon's a better running back. I'm not going to lie. Or will develop into a better running back. As far as pure... pure, When you want to talk about pure ground and pound running back, yes. Yeah, that's what running backs usually were. You know, especially, really, just as recent as the last decade. Running backs, you had one, it was your, your workhorse, your ground and pound guy. And then yep. it kind of started evolving into the, you know, you scat backs. You had to get and, your third down and receiving then, so, back. Yeah, so then he started making these duos. But he he definitely is right up there with, in terms of that, you know, vertical running style, yeah, yeah. You know, what do they call them, downhill runners. And then at my number six, I have the Raiders a little lower than Callum, but I have the Washington Redskins. Oh, no, not Redskins. Oh, no. no. Please don't. Please don't cancel us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
the Washington football team a little higher because at number six huh. I have Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. We swapped our six and eight. Oh, it is that yeah. perfect. That's funny. <laughs> But we already talked about it. Antonio Gibson is a beast. I wish the best in him recovering from that toe injury. I know it kind of seemed a little worse than it, or it ended up being a little worse than it seemed. So hopefully that never bothers him anymore. And JD McKissick is just so good out of the backfield. Have you ever had I turf toe? No, I have not. I've heard they're just one of the most painful things. I bet it is. I, when I crazy, so, I thought it was like a like a term for like a rolled ankle, and then. When Devontae Adams got that turf toe, I really looked into it then. Yeah. I was like, wow. That is not at all what I thought it was. This is a little bit of a random personal thing, but I have a extremely high pain tolerance. Nothing really hurts me, but if I stub my toe, I become a three-year-old girl. I literally drop to the ground once in pain after stubbing my toe once. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's insane. It's the weirdest thing ever. So wait, you went to the down. You went down. When you stubbed your toe. Yes. But you cut your toe off in a mowing accident and listened to music on the way to the hospital. I did. My body was in such shock that I didn't even feel that. But if I, I stub have, if I stub my toe, my body's like I think you have like it. a reverse pain tolerance. Like you, I, like the like a pinch like freaks you out, but I have you the fall pain on your on the ever. back of your head and snap your neck back and you're just like I'm it fine. Does, I've landed really hard on the ground before and <laughs> right. been fine. It, I have the weirdest pain tolerance ever. It's it sure do. Tomorrow. Oh, it's wow. so weird. But I mean, I'm not complaining. Yeah. It's pretty. I have hardly any pain tolerance, so I have, <laughs> you got all of it. <laughs> not complaining. Yeah. Okay, so there's my bottom five, Callan. Who is bottom your five of the top ten? And then, so my f- number five of the top ten is the Tennessee Titans, which is. Uh, Oh my gosh, I just totally blanked on his name. Derrick Henry. Wow, brain whip Oof, there. Yeah, that's, that's a rough wow. That's a rough yeah. blank. Derrick Henry and I I you have Darrington Evans. I like their backup Jeremy McNichols. I would have put Jeremy McNichols. I forgot they had him. He is I uh, our cousin Cody actually told me about him. He because he picked him up in one of his fantasy leagues when he thought Derrick Henry was gonna be hurt. Because apparently what what Cody was telling me is that McNichols is basically a carbon copy of Derrick Henry. So that if Derrick Henry gets hurt, they're able to just basically plug just and play. Just not change the offense. Yeah. That's and nice. I did see some flashes of him, you know, getting breathers for Derrick Henry. And when they were getting blown out or doing blowouts that he'd get in. And he does. He's built like him. He's big. He's that, he's that kid out of Boise State from a couple years ago. So I think he fell on the draft just out of... Boise State's kind of a more, yeah. you know, not so much a running not pro really style a power. team. Yeah. But I think if if anything happens to Derrick Henry, it might be one of the situations I was talking about earlier where it's like, maybe we don't want anything to happen to Derrick Henry because if this kid gets in, it might be he might be just as good or better. Which is funny because if you watch a Tennessee Titan games, the reason he's number two on their depth chart is when they change packages and stuff and have like a third down uh, receiving type back in, they use Evanton or Evans or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. So that must be why they must use him for different packages. And then Nick a... Nichols is just there because it's like if Derek gets hurt, yeah. you're number one. Yeah, he's not a number. Evans yeah. is not a number. No, he's one. their third down back guy. Yeah, Jerry Nichols is their number two running back. Yeah, maybe one thing we should do is it'd be really difficult. We should do a top ten third down running backs. 
No one talks about the third down running you back know, and how specific of a position. Maybe it's because I'm a Madden player, but I love third down running backs. Right? All like, I do is pass. An depth chart position for that in, yeah. in Madden. Oh, that would be a much tougher list to really A put receiving together. back is my favorite kind of right, back. Right, because you get, like, James White on there. Yeah. You see uh, so many other no guys one talks come about, up. You know, I mean... McKissick see, would be, like, a McKissick top five would running be up back there. in the league. Uh, CMC would obviously be up there. Cream Hunt. <laughs> Cream Hunt, yeah, good. That would be a yeah. shameless. You should think about that. Think, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look and see if there is even to, 10 to put on there. But Yeah, that's true. Because the third, you know, some teams are specific for a third round run. Jarek McKinnon. You can Jarek see Jet. That's a good one. Yeah. See, the Packers don't really have one. They run Jones and Dylan just, you know, as... Well, you guys just hate anybody who can catch the ball, apparently, because you guys refuse <laughs> have, on any of those. We got Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah, one out of the... Devin Funches. <laughs> Devin Funch. Big Bob Tungan. Don't even mention Devin Funch. <laughs> Until I see him catch a pass in a Packers uniform. Not even <laughs> mention Devin Funch. That's true. <laughs> hey, he might be part of our 11. And yeah, if he's, he's part gonna, of our 11, we're going to have some fun. You're going to have some fun with that yeah. 11, no matter who it is. You know what? <laughs> Getting back to, on topic here. I have the Titans at five because they got a good offensive line. And I'm... I bet I'm going to end up getting kicked in the ass for this this season, but I still just don't believe in Tannehill. I don't either. Not that, not that I don't believe it. He's good. He's just, he's good. That's I mean, all. I don't know if he can be that great quarterback. And, you know, we've seen before, you don't need a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. But in terms of just these rankings, I would put them lower than these other four teams based off of quarterback, I think, of... These five teams that we're about to name off, he is the the lowest tiered quarterback. I really don't like Ryan Tannehill. My favorite thing to do with Tannehill, because it usually makes people mad, is say that Jared Goff is a better quarterback. Because Jared <laughs> Goff had a good running game and decent receivers, and he went to a Super Bowl at the Rams. Granted, he also had Sean McVay instead of Mike Rabel. But Ryan Tannehill has probably the best running back in the league, and now two one elite two borderline elite receivers and he's not doing as good as Goff did that one season i don't think they make it to a super bowl so that's my funny comparison because it's yeah. not really i don't think he's actually a better quarterback jared Goff. but if you look at their situations it technically similar situation yeah so moving on to my number five Get ready to shock the world because I have the Lions with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Now, talent-wise, this seems insane that I have him as a top five running back due in the league. But the way I filled this list out is not really talent-wise, but my prediction for stat-wise, just like I did last week with the receivers. And I think that the Detroit Lions are just completely going to lean on the run. Because ironically, here comes Jared Goff again. But their quarterback is Jared Goff, and their number one wide receiver is, uh, I can't remember. Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. And then they have Brashad Perryman and Amara St. Brown. And that kid out of USC, yeah. So with that receiving core and a decent at best <sighs> quarterback. They got, they got Hawkinson. and Yeah, that's true. They do have TJ Hawkinson. But Hawkinson's going to be the focal point of that passing. Well, at this point, he's going to have to be with those receivers. Mm -hmm. But I think they're just totally going to lean on the run. They're really building that O-line. They're trying to build defense, but they haven't really done it a ton. 
I think they're just going to pound the rock. So I think DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are both going to get freaking like 25, 30 carries a game each almost. At least DeAndre Swift will. And then I'm sure Jamal Williams will get a lot too. There's still a chance they sign uh, Ravens guy, Mark Ingram the second. No, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. <laughs> what? I couldn't. I couldn't. I knew. What? I knew it was one of. The, yeah. I knew it was one of those guys with the eyes. You were at the end so of the confident. Like. Oh, it was not confident. Oh, I wasn't confident at all. I was trying to like. Uh, Mark Ingram the second. <laughs> like even through the second out there. Like, I was trying to remember which one it was, and I could not. Like. No, he's on Houston. But there's still a chance that they signed yeah, another good running back. So They're at this point, at Todd they must just be which, running the rock is all. For Detroit, that makes sense, doesn't it? Pump back with Goff? Oh, that does make sense. I totally That's didn't even... Goff has best year I with Gurley. And obviously Gurley's had the, the knee problems that's really derailed his career. But... Oh well, maybe it's just something about those guys. You well, know? he's gonna have a tough running back room because I really like DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams showed some good flashes oh, in Green Bay. They they are gonna need it. They're gonna just rotate through running backs. Yeah, Dan Campbell's gonna be running this offense like it's a 1940s offense, <laughs> which is ironic because I just said I don't like old school football coaches. <laughs> But I just can't but not Campbell, like Dan Campbell. I think Campbell. is one of the most old school football coach. You're contradicting yourself. I know I am, You're but redundant. have you ever have you ever watched a Dan Campbell interview? Yes, we watched all of them. Tell me how to times. not like that guy. <laughs> just to see what crazy thing he's gonna do or say next. I don't care. He's what actually style. calmed down recently. And I, I don't care what style of football he runs. He's <laughs> one of my favorite NFL coaches, dude. <laughs> All right, so moving on, Callan, who do you have at your four? At number four, I have, you didn't agree with this so much, but I have the Saints at number four, which is Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And that, oh, you know, we got to mention that their quarterback is the eater of W's himself, famous Jameis Winston. So that, you know, that always boosts, boosts your your likability a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, yes, that does mean that based on, I do think that Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. And that's oh, why I agree. that's why I have New Orleans above Tennessee. Because even though Kamara's really good, they, I know they call him the cephalopod because I've literally watched Green Bay try to tackle them like 12 times. <laughs> and they just slide off of him. I thought that it was a stupid nickname. Now it makes, I get it. It's like, wow. Wow. You guys, between the Dalvin Cook 55-yard screen pass and the Camaro one, oh my you God, guys just can't You know, we took that pass, pass, and I was like, it's going to happen again. Because the Dalvin Cook game was after, and it did. I was like, I, I was like, half being like, like oh, it's going to happen again. It happened again. It was almost, you could put the plays side by side. They almost looked the same. Speaking of Vikings running backs, uh, former one, Latavius Murray, I think is a very good complimentary piece for Kamara. Kind of the just all-around balance. He's, you know, he is a very a little, balanced he's, back. He's good at, he's one of those guys good at a little bit of everything, not great at one thing. Jack of all trades, master of none. Kind I like of that. those and, guys. But those are your perfect number two I running know. backs, I that's... say, really. So that's why I, and then their offensive line is, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know they got Teron Armstead, who's who's really good. Yep. 
Um, but Ramschek. Oh, Ryan Ramschek. Ryan, yep, yeah, Ryan. Yep, that's okay. right. Yep. Okay. So they got they got a pretty solid offensive line, and they've had to with Breeze down there. You want you wanted you know that boy wasn't scrambling at all. No. So no. <laughs> so I think that with that offensive line, the better quarterback play, and Kamara and Murray, I think they were gonna. And also, I think that they're gonna go a little bit more towards the run and maybe a little bit more balanced. I know they really were more of a passing offense with Breeze, but towards the end there, as Breeze's arms started to really, you know, show its age, I think they turned more towards the run. I know it's Kamara really oh, started yeah. stepping up there at the end. He did really good with Ingram, and it was and they and they had that one-two punch. I think it took him a little bit to really embrace that number one role. Yeah. But with Murray as his number two to help him out, and then. Just like I said, his talent, seeing what he can do, he can catch, run. I mean, you can line him up at wide receiver, running back. Well, you know, when Kamara had to go head to head with the Vikings defense, we shut him down. Did you guys? No, that's complete sarcasm. He scored six touchdowns. Oh yeah, that's Christmas right. Day. <laughs> we did the dead opposite that's of shut right. him down. Yeah, we I could not stop about him. That. He should have had seven. He should have broke a that's record. That's right. On he should have had seven, and they gave it to. I can't remember who they gave it to. Did they have Breeze run a sneak? Nope. Moving on, we're not talking about okay. the Saints. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> At my but... number four, I have Ronald Jones and Littered Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't want to do it, but with the Bucks stacked roster, I just had to. Also, I think Brady's, he's going to have a recession here at some point. There's no way he doesn't. And when he starts recessing, they're going to rely on the run. And when you have two guys like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, the relying on the run is going to work amazing offensive line it's so annoying but i had to do it if we were making this list for top 10 playoff running back duos i would have put them on there because playoff, <laughs> playoff lenny <laughs> is a real thing he was a different beast the dude, yeah talk, i mean and i saw that guy he did the same kind of thing in college when maybe, he decided to play and wanted to play he was unstoppable maybe that's why he never did good after being the fourth overall pick in jacksonville's because they never made the playoffs well they did his rookie year oh they he, did that when 2017 they year, right i and, forgot about and he that. had a great season he was looked at that was the year i drafted uh in the fantasy draft i drafted melvin or melvin gordon or no cmc and and fournette they come out in the same draft dude i totally forgot about that. yep and i got both of them that year in that fantasy draft <laughs> that was a great fan i think that was the year i won anyways but <laughs> probably uh so moving on to your number three on the where number we are three. i think yes yes on your number three. Oh yeah because you were talking about the bucks i just gosh i can't believe you put them on there well i had to man it's just so annoying that <sighs> I, if we're actually going off of a prediction, just like with the receivers, I put them in the top I guess, yeah, different, you different, to. you know, different factors. I don't think, I think Fournette's more talented than Jones, honestly. But in terms of, I didn't have him, I don't have him on this list at all, not to cause a spoiler, but I don't have him on my top ten. I think that that's a Brady-ran team, and Brady will decide how to use the running backs. And I'm, I'm banking on a recession from Brady. We've been banking on Brady recession for the last 10 years. <laughs> I've been banking on a Brady recession since 2011. Since you bro. were born, yeah. basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, on to my number three. At my number three, a little bit of a shocker, I think, because of their spot of how low, is the Cleveland Browns who was, I think, a consensus number one among some 
but I have them actually at three because I think the Browns are turning into more of a passing explosive team. They're going to start trying to air it out with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt's a great receiving running back. Even even Chubb's a good receiving running back. So, you know, I again, I factored this on running. So, yeah, even though they might be two great receiving running backs, which I know kind of contradicts what I did with the Chargers, but that was all the Chargers have, are receiving running backs. <laughs> yeah, so when you got two good one of those, it's, you know, good to put them up there. But that's why I have Cleveland up at three, because I think that they're still, that's still a top duo, running-wise, running back, receiving-wise, two very good players in, in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They got a very solid offensive line. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield took a great step, and he just, it all is going to really depend on if he can continue to be consistent off of his good year, or even possibly build and be better off of it. Gotta love Baker Mayfield. Did you just Johnny Manziel when you Baker May when you said gotta love Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I mean just, it's a Browns quarterback. You just it's the made same thing. Browns fans like have a stroke. Like <laughs> Baker's money too, bro. I mean <laughs> money Mayfield. Money Mayfield. <laughs> oh my we god, we had it all wrong. <laughs> we just had the wrong guy. We had the wrong guy. I'll oh. talk. I'll talk about the Browns a little later. A little bit of a spoiler. So I'll just move on to my number three. At my three, I have the Baltimore Ravens with J.K. Dobbins and. Gus Edwards. The more I like, so the more I look at this, the more I think about it, I probably, I definitely want them in my top 10. I maybe would have put them a little lower, but I don't know. I could see it maybe. I mean, they pretty much have three running backs on their roster with Lamar Jackson being their quarterback. JK Dobbins is a beast, man. He came in as a rookie last year and tore up. I can see him jumping up. I still don't, I don't buy Dobbins. Gus Edwards. I still don't buy Dobbins. You don't really? See, I, Dobbins is one of the only guys on that team that I really like. So Dobbins had a great Ohio State team around him. If this will be the year, maybe if we look at this is a make or break next year. year, Maybe not make or break, but this is his this is his chance to shine. This is his chance to prove. I mean, not that he's. I'm sure he's really concerned about it, but prove me wrong and what I've been saying. (laughs) But but I just haven't really bought. Yeah, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. I just think that. He's not as great as people give him credit for until he can prove it. Because he had a, like I said, he had a great Ohio State team. He followed in the footsteps of Ezekiel Elliott. So, yeah, that's a good point. But uh, their backup is Gus Edwards, who I know, again, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I just said I like when running backs complement each other well, and they are both very similar. But Gus the Bus Edwards, I really like him too. I I don't I hate the Ravens overall. I hate Lamar Jackson. Don't they have Buck Allen so too? much? But I don't even know who that is. I don't know oh. who you're talking about. Bro. Oh, they, they've had like Baltimore had like four running backs. Yeah, they, had, they had a couple like good Melvin, ones. Yeah, or, uh, not Melvin Ingram, Mark Ingram, and yeah, they're like the Texans yeah. this year, <laughs> where the Texans just stocked up on good running backs. <laughs> But yeah, I I just like them. Maybe it's a little bit of bias. They're one of the few players on that team I like, but I just want them high. I think they're going to have a really good season statistical. Wow, I am just flabbergasted that you've just went Bucks Ravens in the top 5 back to back. Like, they're just good teams. I, I hate it, but <laughs> wow. I just I didn't even I don't even know if I considered Baltimore. Really? I, I I mean I at least thought about Tampa Bay, but 
Well, see, that's just the difference. But, in again, you don't I like, said, right, you don't like I, J.K. I Dobbins, buy, and I really I don't like buy J.K. Dobbins. I buy Dobbins as as a as a number one, and maybe I'll be wrong, but right now I just I don't. And <laughs> it's just the difference in opinion. So, Callan, so, who is your number two? At and number two, get, get ready for this one. At number two, I know people are gonna think that I'm biased, but I really think that the Green Bay Packers are gonna have one of the best rushing attacks and running back duos in the NFL this year. I do. I think Aaron Jones is a superstar already. I think that we're moving the coaching style of LaFleur is um, similar to San Francisco and Tennessee, where they want to be able to build a run first, ground and pound team, run first, you know, pass second. And he's got the running backs to do it now. Aaron Jones reminds me of what Raheem Mostert was built like because he's, you know, he can kind of. He's a rich man's Raheem Mostert, as some would say. Oh, that's what? that's Aaron Jones to me because I saw Raheem Mostert run for about two thousand yards in one game <laughs> once, and and I think Aaron Jones could do something like that. And then as his as his complimentary piece, you got the quad father himself, the great AJ Dillon, who is becoming a viral sensation with these quads because good God. I think he has cinder blocks. I don't think they're quads. They're cinder blocks where his thighs should be. And you get a guy who can, who's going to learn how to actually run the ball and get get in the system, he's going to be a breakout this year. He's he's going to be huge. He's, he's right up there with Barkley, I think. Maybe not talent-wise, but in terms of built, you know what I mean, how he's built, he's built the same way that uh that, that saquon barkley is that's i'm saying again not saying he's <laughs> like saquon barkley talent wise i think saquon barkley is more talented than him but in terms of built how he's built aj Dillon is built like barkley and aaron jones is just a superstar i agree with the fact that aj Dillon is gonna have a breakout year this season <laughs> everything before that <laughs> and after that <laughs> just i don't even know what you're saying because i don't know man oh. that's all real questionable you think so i mean i guess i'm questioning your stuff but <laughs> I, dude we have such i just I, I mean i one thing is i you know obviously paying attention to the packers i see the way this team is going yeah i see the way Lafleur's coaching style is He's building that mold of Tennessee, the way Derrick Hen- they have Derrick Henry, and it's a run-first team. The thing is, is that if you get behind, you need a quarterback who can bring it back. And I think that's what Tennessee doesn't have. That's what and I, the Packers do have. I think that's what Green Bay does have in Jordan Love. <laughs> <laughs> so that really factored into, you know, having that cal- ha- you know talented caliber of a quarterback really helps that out that is also what helped put them too i also think that we have a very good offensive line i think it's that elton jenkins is gonna become a superstar offensive lineman david bakhtiari has already looked at as one of if not the best left tackle in the league definitely we got and then we got a couple of young guys and john runyon whose dad played for the eagles who's an all-star for the eagles pro bowler all pro so John Runyon Jr., man in left guard. We got Billy Turner at right tackle. And then uh, uh, Josh. Luke... Didn't you guys just draft a center? 
Josh. Oh, Josh Myers is our center. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And who's basically Corey Lindsley, just in a second mold. Yeah. Like that's what all the beat reporters have been saying. Like he some of them, they've said that when they put on pads or put on like helmets and stuff, that if you're not looking, you can't even tell a difference. If you looked at film, like between last year and this year, and camps, whatever, OTAs, that Lindsley and Myers look the same. Now obviously it's OTAs, shorts and helmets and all that, but that's a good sign. That's funny. Plus, there's Luke Pat, which seems to be one of Roger's favorite guys. He calls him Luke Lucas Patrick. He calls him Luke Pat. I don't know. But he seems like he's one of Roger's butt buddies. So that's always good to have on your resume. All I'm going to say, should have drafted Quinn Mirnez. But moving on to my number two. The Wisconsin man. <laughs> I, 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 just, I don't think he's going to be athletic enough. <laughs> that's it could happen and, and we're we need athletic offensive linemen with the way that we're going to be running motions yeah and, you know okay but moving on to my number two i have the indianapolis colts with jonathan taylor and marlon mack perfect definition of running backs complementing each other jonathan taylor was just a beast man he came out and proved himself so amazingly out of wisconsin everyone said he was going to do it he did do it he made the colts a whole different team mm-hmm. You factor in that RPO with Wentz coming in, that's going to be a good team. The Colts are a scary, scary team, and that's not even mentioning Marlon Mack, who is an amazing third down back coming out of the backfield. Yeah, Marlon Mack was our starter at the beginning of the year. Yep. And then Callen, I know who your number one is, so I'm going to let you talk about them now. (laughs) So I have the Colts at number one because in my factors, I believe that they – basically scored a perfect with Jonathan Taylor who's going to be a stud I can't believe that he fell to the second round he was a stud at Wisconsin and he had some fumbling issues and I think that's why he fell that's so coachable though but it is and it is and that's his talent was insane I watched him just take over games in Wisconsin and then yeah Marlon Mack like I just said was the starter last year so I mean I think he could be starting on you know 10 12 other teams right now oh he'd yeah be their number one and he then he was got, in the apples number one for a while until and right. he got hurt and then he got taylor. hurt and taylor came in and really took it from him but and then he, and then even then they still got naeem hines as a good third down running back the receiving guy so i think they have a perfect running back room they have a all all pro qb and wentz who even though had a down year He's got a chance to redeem he himself. See a he definitely has the talent to do it. And they have, I think, the best offensive line in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So with that, Quentin Nelson with that, that. Just, I'm, I think the Colts are going to be very good this year if Wentz is able to put it together. I've said it a few times, but mark my words. The Colts went from questionable playoff team to easy Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. It's all going to come down just to with Wentz. With Wentz and that O-line and now those two running backs... That's why I make them my number one. Is it my fact? They they basically scored it perfect in my factors. Definitely. Moving on to my number one, I have the Cleveland Browns, who Callen had as number three, which I was very surprised mm-hmm. to see. But man, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt are just both so good. They already had Nick Chubb, and then when the stuff happened with Cream Hunt in Kansas City, and some legal questions got brought up, they cut him. He got the suspension, but he went to the Browns and. Man, it's what a paid running back room. It has paid off so well for them. It was worth the wait for them. I think they had to wait, what, like eight or nine I think it was games? eight games, yeah. But. And as you mentioned, they might be going to a more pass-heavy team. 
but even if they kind of were already a pass-heavy team and Nick Chubb didn't get near the carries he did the season before and still had over a thousand yards and I think double-digit touchdowns. So Nick Chubb is just a beast among men and he can prove it on some of the long runs that he breaks. And then Kareem Hunt is a perfect complement to that, being more of a ground and pound guy, just get the few yards you need, and then also being able to come out of the backfield and catch balls. Back. Man, what a duo they Kareem have Hunt in Cleveland. always reminded me of Marshall Falk. It's I, the way Marshall Falk would play. I think if Nick Chubb isn't on that team, Kareem Hunt could be a thousand thousand guy. I really do, 100%. but then when Nick Chubb takes the carries and right. snaps, and it, it's hard and to it do. And it keeps but... fresher, both of them. Yeah, I mean, so, but I, I definitely see where you, where you are coming from with that because Kareem Hunt could have been Marshall Falk on the Chiefs. I'm glad it didn't yeah. happen that way. But could you imagine if Prime Kareem Hunt oh, and Patrick Mahomes were together right now? Jeez, it would be insane. So there is our list for the top ten running back duels in the mm -hmm. league. Very different towards the end there. <laughs> yeah. Very controversial. Yeah. Bucks, Ravens. I just. They're just good I know teams. They were hard to not put. I, I hate you both don't those agree teams, with but... my number two and all, but I had to go. It's I mean... so funny because the Bucks and the Ravens are probably two of my least favorite teams in the league, but the only position I like on either of those teams are running backs. <laughs> running so backs. They, they showed up <laughs> on my list. But in other news past our list, it was a crazy off-field news story-filled week. So first of all, linebacker Zayvon Collin, who was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the first round of this year's draft, I think 16th overall, I can't remember though, was arrested this prior Sunday night for reckless driving and speeding of like 35 <laughs> miles over yeah. the speed limit or I'm, something in that area. I think area, he was going 75 and a 40. Which is just insane. But, of course, being an NFL player, he was Dude. released, like, that night, yeah. pretty much. And then another case of someone going to jail, Chiefs uh, defensive end Frank Clark was pulled over on a routine traffic stop when a cop noticed an Uzi poking out of the back of a duffel bag in his back seat. <laughs> which, why open, he had a gun open. just sitting in his back seat is beyond any of well, our Well, just come from a drive-by, which is related. We'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> he told the police that it was his bodyguard's gun, which I don't know why he needs a bodyguard. And if so, why does your bodyguard not have the gun? <laughs> like, where, why Frank do you Clark, have it? Frank Clark is just a shady <laughs> I, man I overall. And where's the bodyguard then? Like that's pretty much. The <laughs> cop pulled him the over. He's like, "What's in your back seat?" He's like, "Oh, it's just an Uzi." <laughs> what? He's like, "It's just my Uzi, bro. What's your problem? Yeah. Like, are you jealous, man? Don't you have one? <laughs> yeah, you have one on your hip. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, and then moving by, as Callan just mentioned, the drive by that Frank Clark did, the person that he did the drive by on. <laughs> was the Vikings six-round pick, Jalen Twideman, a defensive tackle out of Pitt, who was shot four times while visiting his aunt in Washington, D.C. Of course, it was not actually a no, drive-by. Right, not, not proven yet. But, but they did. <laughs> but it, it was like, literally <laughs> happened like simultaneously. People were kind of like, wait a minute. Uh, it was very much a coincidence, <laughs> yeah. timing-wise. Luckily, though, Jalen is expected to make a full recovery. It missed all organs, all tendons, mm -hmm. all bones. So really lucky on his part. Sucks that it happened, but could have been like much worse. like it was just the wrong place, wrong time. That's what deal. the reports say is wrong place, wrong time. So insane week off the field. Yeah. But our I know this episode ran a little long again every time we do our rankings, it does. But that's just because 
we love doing we this. Get, I mean, we get bad. We get going on these rankings. And, yeah, it's our favorite thing to do. So, if you're still listening, thank you so much. It's thank more you. organic than like ESPN shows. You know, they're on a schedule. Well, and yeah, they got to do these, and then that's it. And you know, they get their rankings, and like they have to put the people they like. They can't right. be any biased. This is fun because you we can, can be a little, a little biased. biased. Yeah. We don't have to go by the agenda, you know. And and yeah, and we get to digress a little bit. Oh, and just a quick mention, just super quick. We didn't do our honorable mention. Who's your honorable mention? Oh my gosh, we did. Yeah, so I actually did an underrated, a sleeper, and an overrated. Okay. Uh, my number 11 is the Vikings because Dalvin Cook is very good. Their offensive line is shaky, <laughs> but you it has improved this year. The quarterback is decent, but I I just don't think Alexander Madison is good enough to the to push him into a duo. Yeah. Per se. Yeah, I know. And that's that's why I'm just on the outside looking in. Uh, I have a sleeper of the Eagles, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Two very young guys that complement each other very well. Boston Scott is that scat back. Miles Sanders is basically a second you know, a clone of Saquon Barkley followed right in his footsteps from high school to Penn State. Yep. And I think he's going to have a very good year this year, if especially with their new young team, new new young quarterback, probably going to favor the run, and I think we'll see how well these two will really do together. And the guys I have overrated is, shockingly, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Not off of talent. This They are dropped solely off of coaching style and coaching staff because their coach is Mike McCarthy, the former <laughs> Packers coach. So if there's anyone who knows about Mike McCarthy, it's me. And let me tell you, that dude doesn't know how to use a goddamn running back. <laughs> we had Aaron Jones sitting there and has now become a superstar and fans, fans and analysts were begging McCarthy to use him and he just wouldn't for whatever reason just wouldn't use him goes down to Dallas and Zeke has one of his worst years he's ever had obviously yes Dak got hurt but I'm telling you that has more to do with how McCarthy coaches he just is, wants to air it out he's an old it's it's become more old school to be a spread offense I think almost. yeah and he's that spread offense type of coach when he in the early 2010s, when the Packers were running with with Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley, James Jones, we were running four deeps. I mean, you know, verticals and all that. So we didn't really use the running back. Our running back was Ryan Grant, James Stark, James Starks, right out of Buffalo, the Iron Man. <laughs> so as great as Zeke and Pollard are, and as good as that O line and quarterback is. McCarthy just doesn't make them a, a formidable duo. And maybe he'll change, but from what I know about McCarthy, he doesn't know how to use running backs the right way. Not, not in today's NFL. So though I agree with what Callan said, I didn't have that inside McCarthy scoop. So my honorable mention, ironically, is the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I mean, so Everything I watched about them says they should be a top. I watched top it role. firsthand last year when Zeke was battling some injury issues against the Vikings. He didn't really play much. Tony Pollard came in and I said, yes, easy win. Let's go. <laughs> Dax out. Zeke's out. Easy W. Tony Pollard ripped us apart and then just did a 40 yard, beautiful run dagger to us towards the end of the game. And ever since that, I've been keeping my eye on 
not even Zeke as much as Tony Pollard because not only is he a pretty good actual running back, he can also come out of the backfield and catch very, very, very well. So when you just look at the total powerhouse of Ezekiel Elliott and then you have a guy like Tony Pollard behind him, I know the coaching might not be great, but you're just still going to see good stats from those guys in my opinion, especially with Dak being back and hopefully staying healthy. They definitely have the talent. It's just it's just the coaching staff. I I mean, heck, if Jason Garrett was still their coach, I I might have put them up there higher. I don't know who I would have dropped. Yeah. You know, because things would, would be different. But, I mean, you know, if you look at this list even just three, four years ago, yeah, I have them in the top ten for sure. Yeah. Just off of offensive line, talent, quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if McCarthy can change his ways and give you know, Zeke a decent season. one thing about that season. Dallas game that's funny, I don't know if I ever told you this. I started, obviously, betting games because, you know, we got the hard rock. Yeah. That Dallas-Minnesota game I, is the game that I won the most money off of last year. Because he went Dallas? I, I Dallas. Dallas was, I wouldn't have. was I heavily we underdog to the Vikings. When CeeDee Lamb made that catch in the end zone, that insane, literally <laughs> parallel with the ground catch, I decided it was over yeah. right there, and it was. Yeah, I think God, what, I won like $250 off that game, I think. Damn. Yeah, nice. it was, I put like a $25 bet, and it was like whatever, those odds, however that. But yeah, no, I remember that Dallas was definitely the underdog, and I was like, Minnesota always drops the game that they shouldn't. We do. There's one and, game a season where it's like, I, how the hell did we nail lose this that? Time. It's so annoying. And that's why I knew, I was like, McCarthy's got to see that the Vikings run defense was just terrible Garbage. last year. And I was like, oh man, if they can get Zeke or Pollard going, they're going to win this game. It's just if McCarthy can figure that out. No more bad run defense this year, though. <laughs> no. Michael nope. Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson no, that, in the middle. That's old. Zimmer baby. went all in on trying to build that defense. If you guys have a bad defense this year, I think Zimmer's out. Oh, if we do, if we don't make the playoffs this year, I think I Zimmer's would, out. I would agree with that. Yeah. Right, well, like I said, it was already running long, and then oh, we yeah, added shit. another five yeah. minutes. Oh, but there was our top ten plus our honorable mention. Like I said earlier, we just love talking about this. You know it's what? so fun. How are we going to do these when football season actually starts? We're screwed. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a three-hour show. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to start doing like two a week. Maybe something screwed. like that. Yeah. Do like a post-game Like a one, review and a, of the week. And then a prediction type yeah, one. That's a good idea. We can, we can we'll see. something like that. We'll in. have to see how it goes. But if you are still listening, thank you so much. Thank you mm-hmm. for listening however many times you have. If it's every week, if it's once, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting, and we hope to see you next week. But until then, do not forget to eat that W. <laughs>